0: Welcome back to episode 50, little milestone episode right after the World Series. Obviously, the Astros are World Series champions. Sorry, Matt. But I'm Bobby with Mello, Matt, and Kyle. We got a full house today. Um, we're gonna give a little World Series recap and talk about some little moves that have uh, been made so far in the off season. The uh, as we're barely into the off season, a couple things have been talked about, but majority of the episode we're gonna be talking about the World Series. So uh, yeah, Matt, how how did I know? Obviously, it sucked, but Phillies had a hell of a run.
1: They did, and I mean, coming in, playing with no expectations is probably one of the best things in the world because you can't be super disappointed when you get knocked out. I mean, they were supposed to lose against the Cardinals. They were supposed to lose against the Braves, and they were supposed to lose against the – well, I don't know. They might have actually been favored against the Padres. That was was a toss-up. And then they were definitely supposed to lose against the Astros. So – when there's no expectations, I mean it's tough to be mad at the team. I mean, yeah, yeah, you're disappointed because that sucks to get knocked out of the World Series, but uh, we're still national league champs um and that's something that you can carry on. I mean, if we're diving right into everything that happened, I mean we might as well Philly's offense it was there for the first two games, um after that. After that Framber start, and then the no hitter, Philly's offense basically non-existent. And I mean, when you rely so much on the home run ball, which they sort of do, seven nothing in the second game, and all of those were all those runs were from home runs, and just. Framer's awesome performance and then obviously getting the combined no-hitter, which sure you guys will say it was great to see. Um I didn't care to see it, but uh it was it was kind of embarrassing to get no hit in the World Series. You're supposed to be best of the National League and you get no hit at all, but what are you gonna do about it? And then when Chaz McCormick made that catch in the ninth inning, that really I I won't lie to you guys. I said, all right, this, this series is over now. I did not have much faith. I, the offense couldn't put any runs on the board. So yeah, I I have more thoughts, but I want to hear what you guys have to say too. So yeah. Melo Kyle got anything.
2: Um, I mean, there's not much, you know, that, that Matt already hasn't said, um, you know, I I thought for sure that the Phillies would put up a fight against the Astros just because of the, um, just because of how hot they were. I mean, they rode this thing into October and just like all gas, the entire way. And uh, like Chaz McCormick, that you know that catch it. That, that's kind of like the same thought I had. Um, my biggest thing was like Philly had to go back to Houston, like, you know, at least winning one of those games. I thought they had to have the lead or tie up the series, whatever. Um, but trying to win two back-to-back in Houston, it's almost impossible.
0: Yeah. Melo, got anything?
3: I mean, kudos to the Astros. I know that kind of sucks to say for everybody here, but listen, they were, the, they were the best team. They showed it all throughout the regular season, and they definitely showed it in the postseason. Uh their depth definitely showed. Um just having that experience with Verlander, with Dusty Baker, with Altuve Bregman, it really showed. Um It was a good run for the Phillies, but I mean, listen, just Houston won and there's there's nothing you can say or do not I can say about it.
0: Yeah. I mean, better I Oh okay. god. What were you saying?
3: No, I just I just the better the better team won.
0: yeah. And, I mean, we've said this off-camera, on-camera. I think we've all said it. That the Phillies had to play their A game the entire series. And then, like Matt said, after Game 2, it, that kind of went away. That fire – I don't want to say they burnt out, but that hot streak kind of burnt out, I guess. And if they want to win against the Houston Astros, especially in Houston, they had to play basically perfect baseball, and they didn't do that, so – that's what happened. But um, and
1: just to like the whole underdog mentality, and they finished third in their division, uh, squeaked into the playoffs last seed, like I said, weren't supposed to win any of the series before, really. And like we said, everybody pretty much admitted that the Astros were the better team going into it. And if I wasn't a Phillies fan, I would have 100% said the Astros are going to win in probably five games or six games. So, but being a Phillies fan, you got to have some faith. And anyway, if the Phillies would have won, guess what? The power rankings would have came out for next season and the Phillies wouldn't have even been top 10. Like, I honestly would be surprised, wouldn't have been surprised if they weren't in the top 10, just because they weren't supposed to be there. And nobody's gonna say they're that good of a team anyway. So really, like Melo said, the better team won. It it shouldn't have surprised anybody, but yeah. I mean maybe it surprised people that the Phillies couldn't hit in the second half of the series, but
0: yeah. I don't but know. But then to go up against that Houston pitching too, it's they were unbelievable. That the bullpen I wish I had the stat up, but they had like one of the best bullpen. their bullpen was one of the best runs in world series history or something crazy like that but to i know none of us want to do this but to praise the astros a little bit like to really think about what has happened to this team the past few years obviously all the cheating stuff whatever i also don't want to hear about that anymore because they've proved themselves that this team can win and whatever it's over i've been over it and i don't really care about it anymore but um like they've lost guys like Correa, Garrett Cole, George Springer. Dallas Keuchel was good at one when, when back when he was like in his prime. But then, if any team loses players like that, that's basically like a rebuild. But then they've replaced those guys with Jordan Alvarez, Jeremy Pena, who won ALCS MVP, World Series MVP, Gold Glove in his rookie year, Kyle Tucker. Christian Javier, Rambor Valdez, all of those guys, with the exception of Valdez, they're all 25 years old, which is insane. Like, I don't know when they're not going to be good anymore. Like, they have a really, really, really bright future. That's scary. Exactly.
1: And they're uh, probably the best, if not the second best, run organization in Major League Baseball. Second or third. Their top three Braves, I would put up there. Astros, I would probably put the Dodgers up there. I mean, Melo might not agree <laughs> just because he has super high expectations. State but... of the
3: Union's coming. So yeah,
1: this... <laughs> exactly. But I am, I'm still jealous. I mean, he's not satisfied with making the playoffs every year. Uh, I'm happy to make the playoffs. So, but yeah, they're gonna be around for as the foreseeable future and at
0: least the next decade. It's... Really.
1: Yeah, if you think about it, I mean, some of the players, like your prime might not even be – they might might not even hit their prime yet. Like that could be 28. So as long as they stay healthy, it's going to be insane. Scary. Glad I'm and, not in the American League. <laughs> <laughs> and um,
3: it was more impressive, too, what the Astros did this series because they were down two games to one in this series, going into a hostile place like Philadelphia, where they had not lost a game all postseason. I know we'll touch on a little bit later. That's why I think the combined no hitters is a lot more impressive, just because of the circumstances that they were going into. And for them to win two games in that hostile environment, I mean, that's your series right there. And if you would have told me that the way the Phillies were hitting all postseason, if you would have told me after game three, after what they did to McCullers, that they will go their offense will go would go completely silent for the next three games, I would have said you're crazy.
0: Yeah. It's crazy how baseball works like that. Cause I mean, I guess we could dive into the no hitter. Sorry Matt. I know you don't want to talk about this. But <laughs> but like we had said, they set the record for or they tied the record for most home runs in a World Series game in game three, I'm pretty sure, with five. And then the next night they don't get a single hit. So it's just like, it's such a freak thing that baseball is so unpredictable that literally anything can happen. Game three, the Phillies looked unstoppable. Like uh, they were dominant game three. And then the next day they come literally the next day they come out and they couldn't get a single hit. It was just surreal. It's baseball.
1: And I mean, I have to ask the question in, in terms of how much of the how legitimate is still a uh, combined no hitter compared to a uh, one pitcher taken on the gauntlet himself, in my opinion, and this is my opinion, I'm not going to like try and debate you guys on. it, It's just the way I feel and you guys are allowed to feel the other way to me. It's not quite as impressive because it's kind of just the standard is set in one pitcher not allowing a whole team to get a hit and when you're going to your bullpen and there's guys with fresh arms and it's just it's just not as impressive to me now sure in the world series that's it's supposed to be the best two teams so that makes it even more impressive but i I don't know i need to hear each of you guys
2: Tyler got anything yeah uh, i'm kind of with you on this man um I definitely think a solo no-hitter is by far more impressive. Um, I'm not taking away anything from a combined no-hitter because it's, yet again, still impressive. Uh, And as you said, like in the World Series, I mean, it's almost unheard of. It's only happened twice. Um, You know, this is actually the first combined no-hitter in MLB history in the World Series. So it's like it is very impressive. And shout out to all those pitchers who were pitching for Houston in that game. But it's like – I agree. Solo is a lot more impressive in my eyes.
0: Mello?
3: I mean, yeah the the solo the solo no hitter is still impressive, but for me, the combine is just up there, because you have guys coming out of the bullpen that they have to. It, it's it's different. You have to step in into a whole different situation. Hey, my starter just gave me five or six innings of no hit ball, and now I have to come in here and pick up right where he left off. That's not easy. Dodgers had that at the beginning of the season when Kershaw went seven perfect innings, and then the eighth inning, I think I I don't remember who they brought in, but very first batter gave up a base hit, and that was it. So for me, that's more impressive than just. The like I said, the circumstances, being down two games to one, getting their asses kicked the night before, playing in a city like Philadelphia, for me, it's it's right up there for me.
0: Yeah, I just think the single no hitter is obviously like sexier because just a one person, one pitcher doing the no hitter, but kind of like Melo said, every pitcher that comes into the game has to be it wasn't a perfect game, but they need to essentially be perfect coming in. Like they can't make any mistakes either. So like for, what was it? Five pitchers or four pitchers? I remember whatever it was, but four pitchers have to be on their base essentially perfect in the game. And I feel like you could almost argue that that's, Almost as impressive that all four of those guys were on their a game at once. I don't know. Like I do think that the I obviously am a bigger fan of the solo no hitter, but thinking about it that way, that every pitcher that comes into the game has to be on their a game and doesn't allow a hit or can't allow a hit. I feel like that's very impressive too.
3: And when it comes to the bullpen, we throw the term out high leverage situation when it's something like that's going on immediately, it's high leverage to me. It's a high leverage situation when you have, when you got to come in and pick up your starter and try to not give up a hit. Yeah.
0: And real quick, like I know we were talking about it as it was going on, but as I was watching it, obviously I wanted, I wanted the Phillies to break it because I wanted the Phillies to win the world series. And, I was kind of pissed like really they can't get a hit come on just get a hit this inning this inning whatever but then the next day I woke up and I realized I was like I watched that game from start to finish and didn't appreciate anything that went on because that's the second time in world series history that that ever happened and I didn't appreciate a single second of it cuz I was like rooting for it to get ruined and I was like I was watching yes. history the entire time and I like like it's it's pretty cool that I was watching every single second but I didn't think about it that way until the next day reflecting on it. And I was like, damn, I didn't really appreciate that. I was really watching history, like two times in baseball history that that's ever happened, and I witnessed it. And I was rooting for it to get ruined. And obviously, I wanted the Phillies to win, but, you know.
3: We weren't even alive the last time yeah. it happened. Yeah, Listen, my parents weren't even here yeah. yet when that no. happened.
0: Yeah. I... Don't
3: do the math.
1: <laughs> I I kind of feel feel the same way as uh, Schwarber did. I, I I'm sure you guys all heard what he said after the game. Basically, he said he did he didn't care, and I agree with him because I don't really care because if the Phillies got one hit, it's just as bad as if they got no hits. In my opinion, like sure it wouldn't be quite as big as of a storyline because not all the uh casual baseball fans would be. Uh, fanboying over it if the Phillies got one hit as compared to no hits. So it wouldn't quite make all the same headlines. But guess what? Your offense is doing just as bad. There was multiple times like Gene Segura hit a uh, it was a fly ball into right field, but it was close or a laser whatever it was. But I thought it was going to drop in for hit. And if it did, guess what? The Phillies offense still sucked no matter what, even if they got one hit instead of no hits. To me, that wasn't a big deal. It Was just kind of the overall. The Phillies' offense sucked in the uh in the series. So right, second half of the series.
0: Right. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. I don't know. I mean, it was just like you said. If they got one hit, they still would have lost the game, and they still would have uh tied that tied the series, right? Two to two. Because I was game before. Yeah. 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 But yeah, I don't know. It was just interesting to think about it. Like, wow, I witnessed history. And I don't know if that's really ever going to happen again in our lifetimes, but um, what else do we want to talk about about this series? The Phillies. Is...
1: Oh, well, I, I'll go okay. back to the Phillies okay. Go, one go, more go, time. go. Aaron Nola. I mean, this is kind of what it's been like in the regular season, at least in the first probably like three quarters of the season. It was kind of good start, bad start. Good start, bad start, bad start, good start. And that's kind of what we got here. Two bad starts from him. And that's kind of what the Phillies were counting on. Like the whole mantra was Phillies really good offense. And then Aaron Nola and Zach Wheeler, really good starting pitching. So when one of those two guys doesn't do great and Wheeler didn't do great, uh, too great the other time either. I mean, the last game he pitched great, but the first time he pitched in the series was not fantastic. And you can't rely too much on Ranger Suarez. Uh, he did good, but not, not not fantastic. And Noah Syndergaard, I love the guy. It's just when your fourth guy out of the, out of the rotation is not uh, throwing no hitters like uh, the Astros uh, with uh, – blanking on his name right now. Javier, Christian Javier. Javier. I mean, that's a huge weapon there. Your guy who's, you're not necessarily counting on him to do, do great, and he just comes out and throws a no-hitter. Part of a no-hitter is insane, oh. but...
3: Okay, then let me ask you this question, Matt, because I want I thought about it last last week during the game. Remember, game three got rained out, and that was supposed to be Monday, they got pushed to Tuesday, and then we just kept going. Would you have been – did you like the fact that they pushed Syndergaard's start back to game five, or would you have still liked him to go on game three the next day?
1: Personally, I was expecting him to go the next day. It caught me off guard that they switched it up there, but I don't know how, how much it really affected it, I guess – the Phillies were trying to get like a a better grip on the lead, you know, getting another game ahead. And then, hey, it doesn't hurt as much if we lose one after that. And obviously that sort of backfired. But I don't really think that it was um, like, I, I know it affected the series, but I don't think you could say that really costs the Phillies, the series in any sort of way, if that makes sense.
3: It does, and they ended up winning that game anyways. Um, where, can we, where can we jump from here? Let's see. I'm trying to think. Okay, I guess we can get into it now. Bobby will get back here. He'll jump in. Dusty Baker. Dusty Baker finally did it. After so long, and after being on the wrong side of so many crappy playoff losses, He finally gets his World Series. Yes, it's probably not with the team that we all wanted him to get it with. But still, I'm happy for Dusty Baker, and I just want to hear what you guys have to say about that.
1: Kyle, go ahead.
2: Yeah, um, I'm glad you brought this up. Uh, Dusty Baker is such like a well-respected player, manager, just all-around person in, uh, in the game of baseball. And, um, you know, I don't think I could have said it better. I mean, I'm extremely happy for him. Um, Another guy who I'm very, very happy for is Trey Mancini. Um, You know, getting dealt to the Astros at the deadline, being so loyal to a franchise that has been at bottom feeders for the last however many years, um, you know, battling cancer, everything else. Everything he's overcome. Um, It's a great story. It's the only two players I'm happy for rest of them can <laughs> shove it right where right where the sun don't shine. Oh! But, um, yeah, sorry. I have some strong feelings for the Astros. But um yeah, happy for Dusty and happy for Trey for sure.
1: I mean, it's <laughs> tough for me to be happy for the opposing team's manager, but like I understand it like this guy has been lifelong baseball guy and he's been chasing this championship for his whole life. So, it's great to see him get one. Obviously, sucks that it's against the Phillies, but what are you gonna do about it? Uh, I mean, yeah, it's it's great for him, and especially because the whole question kind of like after, what was it after game one or three, people were like, oh, does he, It's he's doing it again. He was it a man, Was it bringing somebody in out of the bullpen or was it not leaving his starters in? I think There's it was something... leaving
3: Verlander in too long. Or no, uh, I think Verlander it was leaving McCullers in one of those.
1: Or, yeah. I'd say both. Either one, yeah. I think that the whole idea then was like, well, look at this. It's Dusty. He's throwing the series again. This guy can't manage in big-time situations, you know, whatever you want to say. And then he turns it around, and obviously Astros win the World Series. Yeah, cool. it's great for him great for uh mancini too i mean that guy like kyle said sticking with the orioles for so long and then getting traded i mean i'm not sure people thought he was going to get traded but he ended up getting dealt to the astros and he really struggled in the postseason too which was something yeah like the astros didn't have many options for dh it seemed like which really kind of hindered their team but yeah he great story for him uh love that he got a got a ring finally
3: yeah, and Mancini made probably one of the best plays of the series. Yeah. Taking, a, mm-hmm. taking a, a a run, possibly two runs away from Kyle Schwarber because, and I heard this, so I'm not taking credit for this. I heard this with um, with Chris Rose and Trevor Pluth, but the reason why uh, Mancini was even in that position to make that play is because he was holding a runner on at first. If he's playing back like he usually is, that probably gets by him. Game's tied, and who knows if they even take the lead. So he made one of the best, in my opinion, one of the best plays of the series. And then Dusty Baker, did you guys see that video of, um, like before the final out, he, was, he wasn't he was even looking. He was just jotting down on his score sheet. I don't know if you guys saw that. That was, that was funny. And then yeah. he just gets completely trampled by everybody but that was cool to see
1: Probably choked on his toothpick that he had had in <laughs> yeah and all the guys running over him <laughs> um but yeah i think i think great for great for both of them overall and like you said great play by mancini and that was he was only in because uh guriel got injured right yeah yeah so i mean if guriel wouldn't have gotten that pickle and got injured I don't know. I guess Guriel is a pretty good defensive first baseman. I think so. He's not Gold Glove. I wouldn't say, but good enough to the point where he. I don't know. You can't. You can't really say whether he would have made the play or not, because that's just all speculation. But right place, right time for Trey Mancini. Good for him. So,
3: just to get you up to speed, Bobby, we're talking about Dusty Baker oh, finally man. getting his World Series. Yeah baseball's baseball's a favorite manager
0: exactly and no matter i'm sure you guys said this but no matter if you're an astros fan or not you got to respect that like dusty baker is what he's done for baseball how long he's been in the game what he's meant to the sport and for him to finally get a world series as a manager that's it's awesome and even all the interviews that you see and how good of a guy he just seems and how respected he is um, throughout baseball and even other sports. um, I think there was a, I saw an, I forget who it was. I'm not even going to bring it up, but I've seen so many interviews of other guys talking about him, different Dusty Baker stories. It's just unbelievable. So I'm really happy for him and Trey Manzini, obviously, like you just said, but it, it was good. No matter if you hate the Astros or not, I know we're all not huge fans of the Astros <laughs> in the least bit, but, um, very happy for those guys.
3: Yeah, and and it was cool too to see a lot of his former players go to their social media and post like, hey, congratulations to Dusty. When I saw Barry Bonds, I was like, Holy shit, this must really mean something. When yeah. Barry Bonds goes out of his way to compliment somebody else,
0: it must yeah. really mean a lot. Exactly. Yeah, no, that was awesome. Um anything else you guys want to touch on or that I missed. Did you talk about Jeremy Pena at all? Because I want to talk about him a little bit. No. Okay. We really
3: didn't. We didn't touch on Pena.
0: Okay. Um, I want to talk about how this guy, how the Houston Astros let Carlos Correa go. Arguably the best, if not one of the best shortstops in baseball. They said, you know what? You go get paid with the twins, get your $35 million, whatever it was. We have a rookie, and we're going to trust in him. You know, that would be nice if other teams did that with their shortstops. But hey, Um, uh, (laughs) we're talking about the Astros here. They trusted Jeremy Pena to lead this team at the shortstop position. He goes out, wins a gold glove in the regular season, for the regular season, wins ALCS MVP, then wins World Series MVP as a rookie. That's unbelievable. For a guy, a rookie like that to step up in a huge mo huge moments like that in the postseason, it's not like he's leading like a low market small crappy team in the postseason. Here, he's the starting shortstop for, like we have said, arguably the best franchise in baseball, and he stepped up when they needed him to, and that's on. Un- it's crazy to see a rookie do that. Step up in huge moments like that in the postseason. ALCS MVP, World Series MVP. It was remarkable to see that. Twenty twenty five year olds do that. And and like I don't... you
1: said earlier, the fact that about all those twenty five year olds on the team, all of them stepping up, it's different because some of them have been there before, but like obviously Alvarez's home run really Kind of was a final nail in the coffin for the Phillies, but all the guys, Kyle Tucker, I thought was going to win MVP after that first game, yeah. and I mean, sure, he kind of cooled off after that, but still, the fact that he stepped up there, uh, Javier, I'm not, you said he wasn't 25, but he's no, young he is, still. he
0: is 25. Valdez
1: isn't. Okay, he I'm is. Yeah. Okay, yeah, okay. So Christian Javier, 25, <laughs> he's a no hitter, and in the innings he pitches. As the fourth pitcher in the rotation, he's not hes not supposed to be... There's not high expectations there. We talked about that a little bit, but, like, yeah. All, all their young guys coming together and contributing.
0: Yeah. And for those Yankee fans at home, um, I hate to do this. I mean, Kyle, I'm going to shut my ears when I say this, but um, when the Yankees got no hit by the Astros, Javier was the starter for that as well, earlier in the season. So he's been a part of two... Combined Astros no hitters this season, or he was the starting pitcher for that, which is pretty crazy too. So screw yeah. that guy. But no, but seriously, he he's <laughs> unbelievable. <laughs> but yeah, I, the Astros and I. Really, and I,
3: and little, I don't even sorry. And I don't even think, I don't think Pena even got off to a good start from the season. I don't think he did. I could the, be completely The wrong actual regular season, yeah, the regular season. Yeah, no, it wasn't. It wasn't.
0: Great, like he's not a—he's not even a finalist for Rookie of the Year. I'm pretty sure. Yeah, and I
3: heard a lot of Astros fans about. hey, Where's Jeremy Pena? It's our guy right there. It's like guys, he won the NLCS and the World Series MVP and hit a couple home runs. I think he's fine. Yeah, and it could be okay. Yeah,
0: <laughs> and a gold glove. I think he's fine. Yeah, I, the the fact how so many people didn't realize that that those are regular season awards is pathetic.
3: Yeah. Dodger fans looking. You know, that was right for you. That was for you guys.
0: <laughs> oh, yeah. We'll get into that in a, another episode. But, um, any season. Yeah. Anything else for uh World Series that we want to touch on? I know I'm sure Matt's done talking about the World Series. Proud of you guys.
1: <laughs> yeah. Proud hey of you the Phillies, for making it this far. Good job. We'll always yep. remember this team. Some of you guys might be moving on. We already, uh, did not so, uh, pick up Gene Segura's team option. Hopefully make space to bring in a guy uh, who was playing on that field behind Melo this season. We'll mm, see. Maybe. Or maybe the ex-astro himself. There's been rumors about that too. So, But, yeah, I appreciate round of applause <laughs> for these guys. Nick Castellanos, I'm glad these games mean something so you actually pay attention in these games and figure out how to catch a fly ball. <laughs> I mean, that guy – Should have been a gold glover for the World (laughs) Series if they gave those out because wow. But yeah, I mean, I'm still happy with the outcome of the season. So yeah, exactly. Good job, Phillies.
3: And one of the main takeaways I can take from this World Series and even from this whole postseason when you get Bryce Harper past the division series, it is fun to watch. Having Bryce, you need Bryce Harper in the postseason every year. Because it is so much fun. And I really enjoyed it.
0: I can't wait till Philly builds him a statue.
1: Next to
3: Rocky. No, well,
0: that's
1: gonna happen. As we figured out, it only takes one championship. The Eagles showed that. Doug Peterson. <laughs> so Yeah, exactly. Doug Peterson, Nick Foles. I mean, they got
0: their got their statue and they're not even with the team anymore. <laughs> big 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 dig Nick. There you go. <laughs> but um yeah, that's enough about the World Series. Um, real quick the two things that I wanted to touch on Edwin Diaz the Mets locked him up right away oh five years 102 million dollars um initial thoughts anyone I mean
1: it's an overpay I mean that's what people probably will say but it's it's tough to pay a guy after one good year when diaz has been spotty like he has he was great with the mariners and then came to the mets and he was ed lose diaz for season (laughs) or two and now he got a huge contract after a great season so listen i think yeah he had a great season you got to reward the guy with that but I don't know. I think this may age badly in a couple of years.
0: Yeah, it seems like it's very rare for closers or reliever. Excuse me, long term um, contracts for relievers to actually work out. I mean, me and Kyle know specifically a Chapman. Zach Burton, <laughs> Chad Green. Yeah how's, it going. He, yeah. how's he doing? Well, he's in Miami or something, avoiding the team. He's pretty good on his couch at the moment. (laughs) (laughs) Um, But yeah, I think the only reason that I don't think it's a huge deal is because I don't think it's going to affect the Mets' payroll. Like, it's not going to stop them to get anyone else. He's only 27, 28, something like that. So, I mean, yes, a five-year deal for a closer doesn't see it's not a good uh there's not a good track record there for past contracts like that but um I don't think it's gonna kill the Mets and he kind of did earn it from the like 20 the 20 AAV I think the um that sets a record obviously for a reliever was it Liam Hendricks that got 18 million a year is that what it was yeah so I guess they obviously wanted to break that pay him more than what Liam Hendricks got annually, and then to add on the five years, I don't think it's going to kill them in the fact of, oh, since we signed Diaz, we're not going to be able to get this guy or this guy, just because we know how Steve Cohen works, but I don't know. We'll see. We'll see what happens next year, but Trumpets are here to stay.
1: till some guy walks him off in the ninth inning, and then well I guess it wouldn't be a walk off it's a, if they're hearing the trumpets right, so right. go ahead <laughs> go ahead home run but either way
0: yeah I don't know. Um, Mello, Kyle got anything about this contract
2: uh my initial thought as a Yankee fan was uh boy are Mets fans in a roller coaster um at the moment. Um, but I feel like, as you said, Bobby, I mean, I don't, it's not going to affect the Mets. You have Steve Cohen as your owner. It doesn't matter. Um, But I feel like um, we're we're getting into an age where these contracts for relievers are becoming like extinct almost. Um, you look at a bullpen and I mean, those guys are making like league minimum. At most, you're making three, four million. So uh, I, I definitely think it sets a... A, a very high standard for relievers. Um, you know, but am I against it? I mean, you kind of had to do it. He was looking for that kind of money. Um, it's going to be like with the Yankees when they're in judge, if you know, that's kind of contract, you're going to have to pay him. So, um, I think the Mets did a good job of locking him down. Um, I'm happy for the Mets that it's not more than five years. I would have been happy with like three or four, but five years ain't too bad. Um, but, uh, but, yeah, I mean, playing in New York, uh, as Matt said, you give up that home run, you better <laughs> watch, man. <laughs> uh, fans are going to be calling for you, especially with that amount of uh, money you're making. But, yeah, uh, happy for both sides. I think it had to be done. Um, right. So, yeah. yeah.
0: Mellow.
3: Don't really have much issues. I mean, it does seem like they had to lock him down otherwise he would have taken the next big contract with another team. So good for the Mets, I guess. You guys hit it right on the nail. There's nothing much I can say.
0: Yeah. Exactly. Um and then I guess the other I guess kind of big story was uh the Angels GM came out and said <sighs> uh, after rumors, of course, about Shohei Otani being traded came out and said that Otani will not be traded this offseason. He will be a free agent after the 2023 season. Probably a couple teams are going to be interested in him, I would say. Um and he's ready to get a huge payday. But the uh, Oh, did they finish in last or did they finish in fourth? fourth we'll fourth, say 4. Fourth yeah, place in Angels yeah, the no way they were worse the than A's. The A's or... Yeah, oh yeah, 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 I forgot about them. But um, the fourth-place Angels said that they're going to hold on to Shohei Ohtani, at least this offseason, maybe. But um, I don't know. Of course, you don't want to get rid of this type of, not even generational, like a lifetime talent and how many butts he puts in the seats and the merchandise sales, all of this stuff. It's a very tough decision, realistically, Probably the, again, I don't know with numbers wise and stuff, but like to get him what the, they would get in the return for him, it's probably the smart option. But it's so hard to get rid of a guy like that. So
1: I don't. Know. I feel like you gotta be able to get a feel of the situation of if he's gonna resign there or resign there or not, because if he's not he's going to be commanding a huge price from anybody, any team looking to trade for him. So you're literally stupid if you're not, if the angels aren't in a position to compete next season at the trade deadline, it's kind of a no brainer to try and trade him. If you know, he's not going to resign. Right. Obviously I'm not in, in on the angels. So I don't know if the general conception is that he's going to resign or not, because that's kind of what, makes or breaks it for me because you obviously you don't want to trade away a guy of that great talent right. you're going to be ruining the relationship there so
0: yeah i don't know Melo. what do you think i know you made a video about it but what are you thinking
3: i mean i think it's stupid if you're just gonna not do anything and just let him walk next year right you gotta try you get you gotta i mean i understand you want to try and keep him I mean, what is, I mean. Well, listen, what is he? What is the Angel GM supposed to say? Oh yeah, we're looking to shop for Shohei Otani. And we'll take right. all your offers. So it's kind of saying the right thing, but I, I, there's not the the Astros are better, the Rangers are better, and the Mariners are better. I don't care what the hell the Angels do this offseason. They're still not going to be it. They're not going to be as good, or they're not going to be good. So. If they don't trade him this offseason, great. But the All Star Week in Seattle is gonna be very fun because if the Angels get off to a bad start again, it's gonna be just like Juan Soto when he came to <coughs> L.A. when he came to L.A. for All Star Weekend this year. You could have a lot of questions around Shohei Tani. Yeah, I want out of here. Get you got two weeks to get rid of me.
0: And the longer you wait, the package is just gonna get smaller as well. Yeah. So. If they think they're going to trade him, or if, like you said, if they think they're not going to keep him, so why waste time and value, I guess? You're wasting his value the longer you keep on keep holding on to him. Kyle, anything?
2: About uh, uh, no, Shohei? What do you yeah, want? You, guys...
0: you want the Yankees to trade for Shohei?
2: Oh boy, way to hit me with that loaded question there. Um, <laughs> I mean, <laughs> I had to ask you something different. Um, I mean, yeah, of course I do. Um, I think anybody in their right mind would want him <laughs> on their team, but um, no, I. As far as it goes with the Angels, I look at it as, you know, as both you and Melo had said, like if you're not just gonna, it's it's kind of stupid not to just do anything with them. Just, I mean, if you don't. Okay, if you don't trade him now, like you said, his value is going to go down. People are going to be giving up their what top at least two of their top five prospects to trade for him at the deadline. They're not going to want to do that. And then you're just going to end up having him walk at the end of the year without getting anything in return. They could get a very good package right here, right now, before the season starts. And it could set them up for the future and at least try to get Mike Trout back in the playoffs. But on the other hand, if you do sign him to a, probably the largest contract in MLB history, if I would think, I don't know, but close to um, it, yeah. then you'll have close to a billion dollars locked up in two players. And then what are you going to do? Because then it's going to be the same exact thing year after year. You're going to be putting minor league players at every other position except for, you know, Mike Trout and Shohei Otani. Um, Yeah, I mean, I hope for Shohei's sake that he gets traded or that he walks, whatever, but uh, the angels are just an absolute dumpster fire at the moment. So I don't know.
0: Yeah. we'll we'll see what happens. But Melo, I like what you said about how the GM, he's not going to come out and say, you know what? We're definitely going to trade Shohei this season because then teams are going to be like, well, you're desperate to trade him. So we're not going to give you a crazy big package for him. So I guess he kind of had to say that, but I'm sure, There's no way he doesn't take offers for him. Exactly.
1: Exactly. You have to, you kind of have to be like, I mean, anybody's able to be traded at any time for the right amount. Right. Now, whether you say that or not, I don't know, because if you make it, if you totally shut it off, teams probably are not as many teams are going to be just straight up giving you a call about them. But if you're, Hey, anybody's available for the right price. Going to teams keep calling you. Say, well, that's not enough. You want him really bad. You're going to offer some more prospects, some more talent. You just keep saying no until the teams keep jacking up the price. And then once you get what you think it's worth, once you get what you think he's worth, then then you pull the trigger.
0: Right. Yeah, I think a good GM like takes calls on anybody. I think you kind of have to, no matter if you're. Shohei Otani, Mike Trout, Mookie Betts—like any anyone—you have to take calls on guys like that. But um, I don't think yeah. they're going to trade him. I think they're going to be stupid.
3: Yeah, like I, I I agree. Yeah, I think they're not going to do anything. I think they're just—I I, want to be at Angel Stadium for his last home game. It's going to be a beautiful farewell <laughs> when he walks at the end of next off season. And you guys and we had to remember too. Mike Trout has not been healthy the last two or three seasons. And he's getting older, so we got to start thinking, you know, ahead here. Okay, we have this Shohei Otani. I know he puts millions of Angel fans in the seats. I know he brings a lot of revenue, but let let's see what we can get for him.
0: Yeah, but let
3: let's entertain it. Let let's 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 start maybe answering those phone calls.
0: Yeah, I don't know. We'll figure out what happens. We'll see. But um, I think that's all. Um. any final thoughts about anything
1: full time diving into football season basketball season now but yeah. obviously it's great to have a normal off season of baseball there's yes. no pandemic to worry about and there is no lockout to worry yeah. about so loving that looking forward to some big Phillies moves hopefully but
0: yeah, thank football's... you for a good season baseball yeah it was it was really cool appreciate like appreciate you I would say that this was the most locked in I was on the entire major on entire major league baseball. And it was because of this podcast, everything we've done with around the diamond, like everything we've done. I think that like, this was the most exciting as an actual general baseball fan I've been. So it was, it was a great season and I'm looking forward to the off season and things that we have for uh, next year in a few months.
1: I mean, yeah, yeah. We're still bringing out the podcast, so yeah. got to look forward to fun content as well as some interviews. I believe we got lined up too. So
3: hey,
0: yeah, <laughs> yep, exactly. All right, sounds good. Um, episode fifty in the books. Peace. Adios.